everyone and welcome to episode 74 of the Retrospectors podcast Jet Set Radio. My name is Patrick Arthur and I'm joined as always by my co-host James Turlings. Jet Set Radio is a game that is something in the vein of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater but it has an undeniable style and feeling of its own. James is this a game that you had familiarity with or was it more of a shot in the dark? No, I had played this game before, but I'm actually, you know, good friends with a few people who skate a lot, and they love this game, so I've always been told by them that Jet Set Radio is a great game that I should have a go at one of these days, so it was just like one of those games that I was always trying to get round to, but you know, this is the episode where we get to finally play it. Yeah, it's something that I've been aware of for a long time, and obviously it's cell shaded graphics have give it a very distinct kind of flair from the far more monotone tony hawks pro skater i mean it's definitely got a very unique visual and uh, artistic flair to it right i think uh whenever i thought about this game or heard of people talk about this game you know the loud color scheme and the music um that played in trailers always popped into my mind so uh, i always kind of was a bit interested right yeah unfortunately for jet set radio it's also a video game so we have to assess it <laughs> for more than just it for more than just its uh visuals uh for those who've never listened to us before james and i make up the retrospectors podcast each and every fortnight we play a classic game of the past from start to finish to determine if it's a true classic that has stood the test of time uh this is not a nostalgia podcast we're not here to understand and appreciate these games in the context in which they are produced we simply want to know are they enjoyable to play today and we assess and discuss them based on our experiences playing them over the past two weeks um so for those who are unfamiliar with jet set radio um it was first released in the year 2000 for the sega dreamcast um it's also known as jet grind radio in the united states which is the name it first released under it was developed by smilebit who were mainly known for their sports simulation titles they were a semi-independent studio under sega so in Jet Set Ready, you play as a rollerblading graffiti artist. Um, they seem to be some kind of jet-powered roller skates, uh, some sort of more advanced roller skates, but roller skates nonetheless. And you're in a take on Neo Tokyo, um, and what you do is you skate around town, you tag property, and you tag over rival gangs' tags. So you're part of a gang, there are other gangs, you you know, and you express your gang nature by tagging graffiti. Um, as you try to tag the town with uh, your tags, the police and eventually the evil corporation Rokaku use ever-increasing violent means to try and stop you. It starts with police with batons and eventually escalates to helicopters firing missiles at you and even jetpack troopers with assault rifles, as well as some more exotic methods to try and uh, stop you tagging property. Um, so most of the time when you're playing the game, you're you're on a time limit, usually somewhere between 5 to 15 minutes. Uh, probably 10 to 15 minutes is more accurate. They're quite long. And you need to do a certain amount of tagging within that time limit. Um, there are also a couple of other modes. Uh, there's a race mode. There's a mini game copycat mode. And there's a fight mode where you have to tag rival artists by spray painting that back. 
this fortnight, James and I played the HD re-release, which came out on Steam in 2012. It's pretty much the same gameplay-wise as the original releases, with the largest difference actually coming in the soundtrack. So there were three different soundtracks, maybe even four different soundtracks, uh, Japanese, European, and North American, three to four different different soundtracks and this re-release combines all of them into one so you have access to all of the music across all the soundtracks with the exception of two there's uh there's a track called many styles and a track called yappy feet that they couldn't secure the licensing for but apart from that you kind of get the best of both worlds and you get the biggest possible soundtrack instead of you know only 13 tracks so James, Jet Set Radio, we've set out the basic basics of this game, but uh, let's dive into some deeper discussion. Where would you like to start? Well, I think the obvious place to start is the aesthetic, right? Like this is a game that's really in your face with its like straight punk aesthetic. Uh, and this feeds into everything from the visuals to the soundtrack to like the story presentation. It's just, it's like the entire game, right? Um, and I think it's, you know, easily the thing that jumps out to you upon starting the game. Yeah, so um, it's cel-shaded, and I believe this is considered to be the first cel-shaded game, or if it's not the first, it's one of the first. And um, as James and I have said many times before, this is the kind of visual style that is going to stand the test of time. I mean, when we played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater two years ago, one of the things we agreed on is that even though the gameplay was good about it, it has not aged well at all. It's very brown and stretched textures and ugly as hell. Jet Set Radio pops on the screen and it has such a beautiful use of colors and there's not a single area which doesn't look fantastic. It's very evocative of the graffiti style that they're, you know, they're going for in the game, right? They use these really loud colors with thick black outlines on everything. And the colors, there's not a lot of detail. It's a lot of single colors, right? Like your character will have a piece of clothing that's, you know, the entire thing is green or the entire thing is blue. There's not a lot of like little details in the cell shaded art style. It's very block colors that are very bright and thickly outlined everywhere. Um, and I think it still looks great today right like when we played the steam re-release um it's got you know native support for up to you know 4k resolution i played on a 2k monitor running this game and everything upscales just great um you know uh, like i completely agree and this is true for jet set radio as well absolutely that you know these cell shaded art styles just look really good forever right yeah and i think that what the the way the town is set out is that there's lots of different areas and they're all joined up. And I think that every single area feels visually distinct from every other yeah. one. So it's not just, oh, it's all bright and pretty. There's been thought put into making the architecture and locations feel distinct from one another. So every time you move to a new area, you feel like you're in a completely new area, whether it's you know down near the basketball court or whether it's um, in, an, in amongst the high rises. Yeah, because like the, the game's segmented, there's like three primary levels that are kind of made up of like little bits that are all interconnected. And so as you play through the game, um, one level will take part in a small section of one of the levels. And then, you know, as you do more levels in that area, you'll get to access more and more of it. Um, until you can access the entire third. And, you know, it was always interesting to me how 
like drastically different all the little bits are. Like one of the levels takes place originally on the water and you kind of go up through the streets on this town that's like on a slope. And then like later on this like doorway down, you know, lower on in the town opens up and you can go down into the sewers, which looks completely different from the major town, um, which then also links up to like this garbage dump. And the transitions are all pretty believable and they do a really good job of making them like really stand out. Like there's lots of bits of interest all through the level. So uh, I think they did a really good job here. It is important to note that it doesn't feel like one continuous location it does feel like a bunch of individual levels broken up with connecting bits and there is even one one bit that confused me a lot where you're kind of like on the on the rooftops and you you're looking down into the ocean and you can see that there's a lot of spots to tag in the ocean but it's just that that next segment of level hasn't loaded in in yet, and there's a bit of trickery with you moving through teleporters clearly to uh, to connect those things up. But that being said, in terms of like connecting it up, it does so in believable ways and in different ways. It's not just um, here's a tunnel. You have a combination of sewage systems and um, and you know train stations. There's a bit there's a bit where you go along the train tracks and which kind of loops round. It's done well, uh, even though it doesn't f really feel like one one place. I wanted to ask you this. How did you feel it matched the theme that it was trying to go for? Obviously, this is very, like, street punk inspired. The main characters are all these, like, disillusioned youths who express themselves through graffiti, um, listening to pirate radio stations and running away from the police. How did you, did you think it lent well into that? Yeah, I mean, the only only criticism I'd have is that it's a very PG take on this on yeah. this subject matter because you know this is this is graffiti um, it's illegal graffiti art which is which is obviously criminal and um, you know rebellion I think certainly carries some darker undertones than what we see in this game. Uh, but for what it is, a PG exploration of these themes, I think it matches the aesthetic perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And I like, like you mentioned earlier, like as you're playing through these levels, um, they get more and more like chaotic. Um, so to begin with, there's like in the first level, you have some police chasing you while you're trying to graffiti. Uh, and then as you tag more and more stuff, you know, the, the stakes escalate. Um, and at one point, you know, there's like attack helicopters coming and it's very like you against the world to like an extreme and absurd degree and i kind of really liked that they went like to the like this ridiculous level with that kind of thing i thought it was really funny so um there's something interesting here actually that i um i posted on twitter before i think that there's an implicit criticism of the way uh graffiti art is treated in our society or, or rather illegal graffiti art is treated uh, so I'm not going to go too deep and heavy on this subject because I, th I think it's a very complicated one. But the basic idea is that at the start of the game, a splash screen comes up saying that, you know, Sega doesn't endorse illegal graffiti art, um, despite the fact that they've made a game all about celebrating illegal graffiti art. But anyway, um, but the thing is, the way the police are depicted as 
devoting all of these resources like an absolutely ludicrous amount of excessive resources yeah. <laughs> is a very satirical depiction of the police of people trying to stop graffiti art so i think the game is definitely positioning you know the police as wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars in their attempts to you know crack down on juvenile crime instead of maybe looking into the root causes of what causes juvenile crime yeah, I agree. And it's like obviously takes this like comedic satirical approach, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's not a it's not a serious dive into these issues, but it is fun and like I did enjoy it bringing attention to that kind of thing. It uh, reminded me a little of um Ace Attorney because you you were saying that in um Ace Attorney on some level is a criticism of the Japanese legal system, but it's a very lighthearted tongue-in-cheek way, and I I think that Jet Set Radio is exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think the game's, you know, more enjoyable because I think it does this kind of thing really well. Um, So let's talk a bit about the actual gameplay, right? So the game has several different mission types, but I would say that the primary mission type in Jet Set Radio is one where you're on a time limit and you are going around the level um tagging so there are a number of tags that you have to do that are mandatory to finish the level and once you complete those the level ends and there's a bunch of you know optional ones for extra points around that as well so did you want to talk about like what the actual gameplay is like of the game what happens just from start to finish to give you guys an example is um you load into the level um you start with zero spray paint cans and your goal is to create, say, 25 pieces of graffiti. You've got to tag 25 times in 25 specific locations. Um, some of them you just need to press L2 once to tag. Some of them are a bit more elaborate. You're also on a time limit, um, and that time limit will range between 500 and 1,000 seconds, which is something like 7 to 15 minutes, give or take a little bit. Um, in order to start your spray painting you need to collect some some uh, spray paint cans from the level so they're kind of scattered about they're usually centralized at one location so your first goal is to get some spray paint once you've done that you can start skating around to try and start spray painting some graffiti yeah and the spray cans are usually like on the top of grind rails or over jumps that kind of thing so generally to get the spray cans you need to do a bit of tricking to get them um so in jet race at radio you've got a few movement options although it is very simple compared to something like tony hawks i'd say so you can as a standstill you're constantly moving forward um you can press a button to push which makes you go a little faster you can jump um if you land on a rail you'll start grinding um and unlike in a lot of other skating games you don't press a button to start grinding it just does it automatically if you land on the rail um also if you jump in a hold jump while you jump towards a wall you'll ride the wall for a few seconds um and you can kind of you know string a lot of things together like if you're going kind of fast you can jump land on a rail jump wall ride a bit push off to land on another rail if you're going fast enough your jump goes a lot faster than if you were to jump from standstill there's kind of like this break point where a normal jump becomes like a long jump i'd say where you do a little trick in the air um but c- control wise it's very simple 
Um, so you'll start the mission off um, using these controls to do kinds of tricks to pick up a lot of cans. And from there, it's a matter of trying to find um, the places you have to tag, which are in set spots um, in each map. Now, when you get to you know, the spot you want to do your graffiti, um, you press the L2 button and then this brings up like a quick time event where you have to move your analog stick uh, in a shape as shown by a prompt. So the most common one will be like, you walk up to the wall, you press the button, and then you have to move the analog stick down, and then from the top uh, in a semicircle to the bottom, and then back up in that direction, and then you need to do two loops, that kind of thing. So uh, you need to do either one, three, or about like seven, depending on how big the wall that you're trying to spray is. And for each motion, you need a can. So some walls, you need like seven cans of spray paint in order to, you know, graffiti. And depending on your character, that increases the difficulty of those spray paint patterns. So um, the characters which have the potential to score the most points, that have the highest graffiti tag uh, stat, actually will have the most complex patterns, but also give you the opportunity to earn the most points. So as a baseline, Patrick, how did you feel about this gameplay? Um, so I think that a lot of this is definitely an instance of it is better in theory than how it is in practice. I think that what I wanted from Jet Set Radio was a very free-flowing skating experience uh something in the vein of tony hawk where it felt like i was quickly and efficiently moving around the map and the more skilled i got at it the more quickly and efficiently i could move around in practice i kind of felt like i was playing a somewhat shitty 3d platformer <laughs> i don't know if you felt the same way james but it felt like a lot of what i was doing was uh, I'd try a jump or try and go for a graffiti thing I'd miss and then I'd have to repeat that same jump two or three times and it all just felt a bit awkward and clunky and I've got more thoughts on the police but I'll uh, I'll leave that for now and just say that in practice it ended up being more of a frustrating platform experience than a fun and fluid skating experience. You know what? I actually agree with you for the most part. Um, and this kind of makes me sad because I love the aesthetic and the direction of the music and everything that this game is going for and also love this game in theory. Something I really like is level design that's really... There's like small levels that have lots of points of interest in them, right? Like uh, level design in Banjo-Kazooie, um, stuff like the Tony Hawk's games, uh, Katamari, where they have these like little levels that are jam-packed with stuff to find. So you get this like sense of exploration. And, you know, in the case of these games where you're constantly moving forward, like, you know, all skating games or rollerblading games in this case, uh, you can learn the levels and then master the system of movement. Um, I think this game re suffers the same issue that Pikmin 1 did when we did that, which is when you're not very good at this game, it's not very fun. Because like you, like the first, I reckon, 
two-thirds of my experience of this game was actually kind of miserable until I got a lot better at controlling the game and then it became somewhat fun near the end. I guess we'll just talk about it now. Like, I think there's a lot of issues with the movement that makes this game not as fun as it should be on paper. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the movement because I think that that's the core of the problem. And um, I'll, I'll talk about the impact of the police and military a bit later. Um, I think that there's a number of things to talk about here. So let, let's just take them one by one. Um, let's start with the fact that the most obvious oversight in this game that I don't really understand is the lack of a grind button. So Jet Set Radio requires you to grind in a lot of locations. Grinding can increase your speed. You can do um, you can do spray paints like drive-by spray paints while you're grinding. And transferring from grind rail to grind rail is, is an important part of the game. But without a dedicated grind button, actually going for grinds is very hit and miss. So a lot of the time while you're playing this game, you'll attempt to land on a um, on a grind rail and you'll miss and you'll be frustrated uh, because you have to land on it kind of exactly at the right angle. And often you'll land on a grind rail when you do not want to, when you have zero speed because you, um, because you kind of glance it uh, when really you wanted to just bounce off it. And I think that the number one fix I would have for this game is just add a bloody grind button and all of a sudden the movement becomes a lot more satisfying. Yeah, it seems like a small thing, but the absence of a dedicated button for this is actually huge because, like, if you don't have a dedicated button... You basically have to make the, like, I'm going to say hitbox for whether it detects you successfully grinding or not really small. Because if you make it big, then people are going to constantly land on rails when they don't want to. Um, Even in this game where they obviously had to make the hitbox small, if you're going, like, extremely slowly on a rail because you've landed on it at a bad angle and you want to get off the rail, oftentimes you don't have enough speed to jump far enough away from the rail to fall off it. You just land on it again. And this is with a like a small hitbox. All of these issues are just gone if you have a big grind hitbox, but you need to press a button so the game knows exactly whether you want to do it yeah, or not. Yeah, and it kind of snaps you to it as well. Yeah, I always felt like this game had an awful habit of not knowing what I wanted to do and was really unable to, like, transfer what I wanted to do into actually happening in the game. Um, And this, like, to be fair, like, for me, after I got near the end of the game and I started a second save file, I stopped having this problem for the most part because I had, like, played the game enough to be able to, you know, do all this by feel. Um, But at the start, it was immensely frustrating, and I think just having a button is better. Um, Second thing um, that I'll point out, this game, the way momentum works in this game is, like, awful. I hate it so much. Very confusing. I feel like you're just constantly losing speed. Like, you have to try so hard to maintain any sense of speed in this game. Like, if you come to a stop, which happens all the time, because lots of things will drop your speed to zero, you have so much inertia in starting. Like, you have to, like, mash the push button and, like, jump in order to get any speed and hope that there's, like, a slope or a rail 
you you move like your legs are underwater sometimes. And then when you do have speed, you lose that speed really easy if you're not constantly trying to maintain it with like tricks and jumps. And it feels really bad because what I want to do in a game like this is go fast and then get good at being able to, you know, do lots of jumps and tricks without falling off or slowing down. In this game, when I started, like for the first a lot of hours, I found it really hard to go fast and that was really unfun. There was a couple of like missions that take place in specifically areas that don't have slopes or grind rails. Uh, that basically, in order to gain any speed, I just had to jump constantly because that was faster than just skating. Uh, and to me, that's like awful. I was th- I was thinking a lot about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater while we were playing this game. And um, the thing about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is that it kind of puts these ways to maintain your momentum at the edge of the levels. Um, the obvious thing being a half pipe. So you'll, you know, jump over a car, you'll grind a bit, and then you'll be kind of just naturally rolling to the end of the level, but it's a half pipe. So you maintain your speed, you go flying through the air, you do a couple of tricks, and then you come back down and you're moving at exactly the same speed you were before. Like, so as you're just skating around a skate rink in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, 75 to 80 to 90% of the time, you're moving at maximum speed. The level design in Jet Set Radio is set up in such a way that even though it is theoretically possible on a speed run to be maintaining that speed, realistically as you play this game and you try to reach specific locations, it's very much a lot of stopping and starting. It's about executing a specific series of tricks and then grinding to a halt and starting again. And I think in general, it doesn't feel like you get that fast, super, you know, smooth flow that you want from a game like this. You get these uh, small, enjoyable bits of platforming followed by a lot of stuffing around. Yeah. Once I started my, because I played through almost half the game again. Mm. Um, Once I was better at the game, I was better able to identify ways to keep my speed like there are a lot of things in the level design that allow you to you know uh naturally flow through the level without having to stop too much but basically i did not do this at all on my first playthrough and so like the main thing that i want to get a point is i have a lot of problems with the controls and the way the game plays um but for me most of that disappeared when i got better at the game so what i would want to like drive home is that this game is not very fun when you're not very good at it and then it becomes like moderately enjoyable once you've gotten you know once you've beaten the game once and a half times right but aren't you being too forgiving to it james i mean most games at a baseline level when you suck are way more fun than this is um, like, I, this is a criticism. I think this game is not very fun if you're not very good at it. And I think a lot of games are still fun, even if you suck. Okay, let's let's jump into another problem I had with the controls then. And I think this is a fundamental problem that, yes, you can get around, but is just a bad thing about the game, which is the camera control. I think that there are... The way the camera kind of floats behind you up in the air when you're 
executing a a wide jump is incredibly frustrating. Um, one of the things you need to do in this game, uh, particularly as you get towards the later levels, is you need to transfer from one rail to another. And sometimes that rail can be parallel or offset to the one you're currently on. And when you try to do a big wide jump onto that rail, if the camera is up floating in the air with you, you can barely fucking see where you're trying to land. And remember, there's no grind button. So you have to just kind of aimlessly float and hope to land on that rail. So I think that while the camera is sometimes fine, depending on the trick you do, a lot of the time the camera screws you over. I just gave up on using the automatic camera and just when I jumped, like, would adjust the camera as I was flying. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fair. I do think there was this one, because one of, one of the mission types is that you will... Um, you get a challenge from a new character because there's a lot of unlockable characters you can play as in this game. And usually the way you unlock them is that that character will challenge you to do a trick, like they'll do a trick and then you have to copy them. And one of the very like first tricks is this one where you have to grind up this ramp and then jump, land on this rail and then jump through a gate. And the angle that this jump takes place at, like it's basically like... I don't know, a shot in the dark whether you'll land it or not because you basically can't see the rail you're jumping to. And that thing ha that, that happened to me a couple times where it was like that. So uh, the camera's not great. I, I, I didn't have like major problems outside a couple of missions with it though. Yeah, um, my final issue is that this game has the worst half pipes of all time. I fucking so hate bad. them. Oh, half pipes should be the most fun part of the game, right? <laughs> but instead, they're this weird, awkward thing where you can never just jump straight up to keep speed. And when you're on the downward swing of the half pipe, you go slower than if you were, you know, just uh, speed skating by holding down R2. Yeah, like in Tony Hawk, when you roll up to a half pipe, you like, you keep speed and you go the whole way up it and then you f like fly off. No, vertically a bit even if you don't really jump um in this game if you go directly towards a half pipe you will get like 10 centimeters onto the half pipe and then just lose all your speed you won't even make it like a quarter of the way up the pipe yeah the tags you have to do on the top of the half pipes are incredibly frustrating oh i hate them so much yeah those some of the levels kind of taught you how to use them by having the the spray cans at this angle going up them so if you like if you go up them on a diagonal angle you can kind of like get a lot of height but it's really awkward and it only works some of the time like basically i just avoided them wherever you could yeah me like, too yeah wherever i could i hated them and they're like really fun in other games T tony hawks does this thing where when you come to the lip of a half pipe, you can either go straight up in the air, you can grind on the top of the half pipe, or you can kind of like, if you hold down the forward key, you can jump forwards out of it. Like there's just a lot more levels of interaction uh, with half pipes and Tony Hawks. Here they're, they're a wet fart. Like they're just, just stay away from the half pipes if you play this game because they're utterly miserable to interact with. And in general, I think that your interaction with the um, environment is far poorer than, than Tony Hawk's one. Yeah. Like, um, 
I think that something that does feel okay in this game is the wall riding. Um, yes. Because a lot of the level design is designed around your ability to wall ride and then get a huge jump off a wall ride. And it actually feels pretty good. Honestly, I would like the wall ride to last maybe like a second longer than it does or something because it's very short. Um, but it's very useful and it lets you get around very fast once you master it. This was like the one part of the movement I really liked. I, I think the hardest level in the game in terms of technical skill is like the second time you go to the junkyard and there's some places to tag which are very high on the wall and you have to yep. chain multiple wall rides together, like kicking off them because every time you kick off a wall, you can't wall ride that same piece of wall again. But if there's a couple of segmented pieces of wall in a row, you can jump up to each one and gain a lot of height so i agree with you um the wall jumping and wall kicking was um the most fun because of the enormous burst of speed and momentum you got from doing it and you got a lot of height as well so it just felt like a powerful boost of speed that is otherwise mostly lacking while playing jet set radio yep um one more point um that i found frustrating um so your turning circle is actually really like wide in this game so it's kind of you can't make like lots of little adjustments if you're going straight if you try to do that you'll like turn wildly and miss what you were going for entirely and if you like try to turn around quickly you basically lose all your speed and there's a couple there's this specific mission type where you have to tag the backs of three people ten times each where the NPCs that you're chasing will, what they'll do is they'll turn on a dime and then instantly start moving at full speed again. You can't do this. So if you chase somebody down an alleyway and they, they just turn around and boost past you, you need to like either do this huge turning circle or you need to come to a stop and then like painfully push yourself back to full speed. It's very frustrating. James, let's um let's let's take a music break and then let's get into the nitty-gritty of a couple of those those modes. Cause I want to talk about the police. I want to talk about those tagging minigames. I want to talk about the um I guess the the different modes to the main ones we've talked about. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, the music is actually pretty good, I'd say, in this game. It's very diverse. Like, there's a lot of different styles here on the soundtrack. It seems to me we're probably only going to get two music breaks, and I feel like that's not enough to showcase just how different some of the music gets. Um, but I'd say on the whole, it's all pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed how different it all was, but it still all falls under that, like, street punk kind of umbrella where it feels like it, it all belongs on the same soundtrack despite sounding completely different. Yeah, I think that it really benefited this version from having the different Japanese, American, and European songs on it because you get a really diverse array of tracks. Um, I will say that there were some tracks I wasn't too high on, uh, that I kind of was like, God, this is so repetitive, I'm sick of hearing it. But we've listened to soundtracks where I can say, you know, there's no bad songs, I enjoyed them all, they were great. This one is a bit more mixed in terms of quality, and I think that's just a consequence of the sheer variety of um, of audio and tonality it's going for. There's hip-hop and there's rock and roll and there's weird music which is like drum and bass with shitloads of random sampling that's... um 
Japanese pop and Japanese punk where they've inserted a bunch of English phrases that don't make any sense. Uh, it's uh, it's really spectacularly diverse. And um, while I think that some songs aren't great, there are plenty of excellent songs on this track and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I'd say there's like maybe two tra- songs on the whole soundtrack that I didn't really like. And I'd say that the best like the game's at its best when the songs are shorter because you get to hear like a bunch of different ones in the mm-hmm. same level when they the, the ones that push five minutes and sound the same the whole way through does get a bit repetitive because the songs are all diverse you know from song to song but within a single song they don't change that much that's a good way to put it i felt like there was a especially when you're trying to do like those those missions where you have to copy the tricks if you keep failing it keeps restarting the song over and over and that can get very very frustrating very quickly but on the most part i think i really like the soundtrack so patrick which song did you choose for us so um i'm actually chosen the jurassic 5 um song on this track which is um which is called improvise and jurassic 5 is a band that i'm i'm very fond of it's a it's a hip-hop uh crew very very 90s hip-hop and um they're great they're brilliant and i was very pleasantly surprised when i heard improvise out of nowhere so this is jurassic 5's improvise Like this when the law said let it be like We also designated poetical brothers with mics For whoever had the skills to possess the gift Combinated with the flavor and it go like this Tuna fish Little man, Phibian citizen with the lesson plan Cashier at the J5 concession stand I kill The militant steal with the peripheral telegraphic skill Build up force field Mark 7 Fundamentalists bring up my verbal gift My style is packed quick like Coco and Swiss Miss I kill All the way my pen sticks to rhymes Cause I feel it party people it's about that time And together we show you how to improvise Reminiscing of the wild style 75 Consistent brothers on the mic Occupying the drum We're taking four MCs And make it sound like one I'll be the spark from the cannon Blaze the outstanding Tug of war With the poor rich and scandalous Road running bandit Race against advancement Style wins Call storms when I perform I'ma plop a giant robot And stomp your whole spot And beat your whole crew The bunch of no knots Dissect you from the inner Then declare myself the winner Once the style clears You'll be real life Then I'm tuning the black door Contractor Attacking your back door You're trapped in my trap Trash compact door, move back more, smooth as the floor, the trap door, this causing the cat chore for brothers who yeah. rap more. Check the shelling, rock niggas redder than watermelon, debris stricken, rotated 2020 vision, rap felon, hottest brother with bad spelling, pinch shift with unprecedented sharpness. Distributor, local street corner contributor, word inhibitor, scientific pin positioner, rhythm commission, DJs for real. He drives across cross like a cut mobile. We perpetrate no fake, no fraud, no phony, Jurassic masters of the ceremony. We came to solve it right before your eyes. In fact, the old school flavor has survived like this. That was improvised. I also thought it was pretty good, although I probably only heard it like once during my entire playthrough of the game. There's just so much music on this version. Um, So, Patrick, you wanted to go deeper into some of the you know the different game modes other than the basic one did you have a particular one you wanted to start with well well maybe we should talk about the the main element of the of the main mode that we haven't touched on which is the police military gang presence because that's yeah. something that uh 
also dramatically affects how you play this game. Everything we've talked about so far is just the basic experience playing, but there are obstacles to actually being able to spray paint the the level you're in. This is another example where, like, thematically and on paper, I love the idea. Um, so in the levels, like, the game starts off pretty pretty tame with having the police chasing you, and after you, you know, after you tag a fair number of stuff in a level, then the detective will spawn, and he's a bit more aggressive. Um, and then, like, later in the game, you get things chasing you, like tanks and planes, um, people with flamethrowers, people who plant bombs. Suicide bombers, people with lightning guns. I was actually kind of impressed at the sheer enemy variety in this game. There's, like, there's so much, and they're all kind of, like, really expressive. So, on that kind of, like, level, I liked the enemies. Like, they were fun to look at. Uh, I liked seeing what the game would throw at me next because they very rarely reused enemies. Um, they just kept throwing new things at me and I thought that was cool. Um, but the actual experience of being chased constantly is a bit frustrating, right? I think the problem is with execution because I can see a version of Jet Set Radio that has escalating enemies and the idea is that these enemies kind of cut off your easy passage through the level. And if you alert the enemies in those areas, then um, they chase you, you escape and you have to try again. And you are forced into taking, I guess, doing more elaborate tricks to navigate your environment successfully. In practice, what ends up happening is you go up to where you need to graffiti. Um, there are people chasing you. You get as much as you can done as they get in close and, you know, maybe even after they attack you, you accept you're going to take some damage and then you do another loop. You get some health and some more t uh, spray cans and you try again. Oh, uh, I stopped doing that near the end. I noticed that um, when you get hit, there's like a five second grace period. So if you get hit and instantly start spray painting again, you can basically finish the tag without interruption. So you just accept one hit and then you can do it. And um, I found that certain enemies, particularly that I don't know if you had any issues with the jetpack troops, but those jetpack <laughs> troops are fucking yes. relentless. There, there's a level where you're on the rooftops, there's literally zero cover, and they just chase you around, and you just have to take damage as you as you go around the place, heal up, and take more damage. And it's not it's not satisfying, right? Like I think that the only way this works is that if evading enemies is an enjoyable part of the experience. There like, was one if... enemy that it was, I reckon, and that was the helicopters. Because the helicopters, they shoot these giant missiles, but you can jump over the missiles as they're coming to. But more importantly, I think the helicopters are the only enemy in the game that you can actually permanently deal with. Because the helicopters <laughs> have an arrow that's like floating in the sky pointing to their like their cockpit and if you like manage to you know do a bunch of tricks and then a big jump past the front of the helicopter you can actually do like a drive-by tag of the windshield and then the helicopter will crash because you know they can't see where they're flying and then no more helicopters will spawn once you've taken them all out so I actually liked the helicopters because generally they encouraged you to like do tricks up into high spots to 
try and like get a good angle to tag them and the reward for tagging them you know a bit of reprieve is a good one uh, so i thought that was good um but none of the other enemies you can do that with which i thought was a real shame yeah i noticed you could spray paint the back of the flamethrower like there was a lead flamethrower guy that you could spray paint the back of um i don't know if you could do that with any of the other sort of like boss boss people but that was the only other one i was able to do it i agree with you that if there were more ways to deal with these enemies like maybe the game could have been set up that if you took them on a particular merry chase you could jump over you know a, a gap and they drop down and you know fall to their deaths or, or whatever it was some kind of interactivity to let you deal with these enemies then just accepting that you're going to get slowed and shot as part of the process of completing the level. And that would fit with the game's theme, right? Like having this like slapstick way of them falling down a pit, like comedically that would work for this game just and because there's stuff like that where like the game will lead you to do these jumps and then it'll show you this like two second cut scene of the cops shaking oh, their so fists annoying. at you because they can't follow you yeah it's annoying but like that kind of thing you could have done what you suggested with like a pit or something and it would have worked great it, you've you've reminded me all those cut scenes because there's so many that play like you'll do a particular jump and it will cut to like a replay of you doing that jump every time a new kind of reinforcement comes in it plays a cutscene, and it will happen sometimes as you're like in the midst of executing some sweet trick and all of a sudden you're in a cutscene. and every time it did happen and then it goes back and you stuff the landing because like you don't yeah that happened to me a lot too it was really annoying um but yeah so there's a lot of stuff in this game that will stop your speed. Like, you already struggle to maintain top speed. Having these, like, random people uh, hit scan shoot you from a mile away and have you, like, reset to zero occasionally just kind of, like, adds to that frustration, right? Once again, I feel like the feel of this game ends up being a platformer. Like, it, it feels in practice a lot more like a platformer than a sports skating game. And to me, as a platformer with the controls it has, it's kind of a failure. Like, it just, it's not a fun, fun platformer. And I just, I, I'm not opposed to the idea of having these obstacles to you doing these things. I just don't know if this was the best way for them to do it. And I agree with you, James, that if we had a way, like, if with the flamethrower guys, maybe we can lead them to um to like a petrol station and then they blow themselves up. Like it, you, you could have a unique sort of like environmental way to deal with these enemies as it is just kind of ignoring them and running away from them doesn't add up to a fun experience. Do you want to talk a bit about um those levels you mentioned before where you need to tag the uh the other gang members? I have not hated gameplay as much as this for a while. <laughs> These missions are like actively atrocious in my opinion. Um on my second playthrough when I started having a lot more fun with the game because I was, you know, easily able to avoid cops and string tricks together and that kind of thing, I still hated these missions, like, with every fibre of my being. They're just really unfun. So there are three people who are running away from you constantly and you need to spray paint their backs ten times each. Now, there's a bunch of things that are really annoying about these levels. The number one thing 
uh, is what I mentioned before, how they will turn on a dime. So you just lose all your speed, but they don't. So you have to, you know, catch up to them again. The number two thing is that if you're really close behind them while you're spray painting their backs and you bump into them, they suffer no consequences and you lose all your speed and spin out. Um, and you basically, mm -hmm. like, if you're going fast enough to catch up to them, you'll basically always uh, collide into the back of them. Yep, you can't go, you can't go too fast. You, you have to be going, you have to catch up to them, but if you gain even the slightest bit of speed at the wrong moment, boom, you spin out, attempt is a failure. And remember, this is another timed mission too, so if you spend too long chasing them, the, game, the mission will end. And that never happened to me, but... I always felt like it was very possible based on how frustrating it was to catch people. Because what happens in practice, and something that I noticed, is there's no like, there's no internal cooldown of how fast you can tag their back. So what you do is you get to their back and you just hammer on that spray button hammer it as, as hard fast as you can, as you can yeah. and hope that you pressed you know, the button 10 times in like one second. Um, because if you do that, then, you know, that's one person eliminated immediately. Um, and near the end of the game, I was just doing that. Like I was getting close to people and then I was taking my right hand off the controls and then just hammering on, you know, the trigger um, underneath the controller so that it would do that. It's kind of annoying because a lot of the... Um paths that they take it's not physically possible to catch up with them where you want to catch yeah. up with them like they'll be grinding on a rail then they'll jump to another rail then they'll go up some stairs and at no point in that process can you physically catch up to them you're just behind them and they're going as fast as they possibly can and there's a specific spot in their loop that they do where they'll go a bit slower and that's your window to actually do anything and if you don't take opportunity of that window you got to start again from scratch um, I agree with you, James. These were these were garbage. I, I hated them. I found them incredibly frustrating and unfun. Yeah, they are actively bad. I, I had that um same issue with the races because there's a couple of these ones where you need to race against someone else um to reach a certain point and do a tag. Um, but the problem is that they're they're generally pretty efficient with their movement, and if you're on top of them. Um, if you're going at the same speed as them, you can't. It's really annoying because you can't pass them. Because if you try to go past them, you'll collide with them, you'll spin out, and they'll gain the advantage. So it's this weird sub game where if you're close to them, you have to somehow get ahead of them without colliding into them. Because as James said, you suffer all the negative consequences and they suffer none. It's not like. I'm going I'm going faster, so they're gonna spin out. No, you always spin out. I'm nowhere near as low on the races as you seem to be. Um for the most part I felt like the way you beat a lot of the races I found was that you instead of being more efficient with your movement than the AI, which is close to impossible, usually there's like a faster route you can take that they won't take, so I didn't have that issue of bumping into them because I was going down a different road entirely most of the time. The one I struggled with was the one where you, you're forced to play as Combo. Isn't Cube? Isn't Combo the girl? I don't remember. Oh, uh, yeah, you're probably right. The guy with yeah, the, the that, big guy that's with the, the one box. that I yeah, also that's... hated. That took, out of every mission in the entire game, <laughs> that took me the most attempts by far. Yeah, I was getting very frustrated because it's it's so hard. The problem with this mission 
is that there aren't many grind rails until the end of the mission. There's just lots of flat ground and like vertical walls. So the, basically the only way you can gain speed is to like mash the push button for like three steps, jump, mash the push button, Repeat. jump. Yeah, you're just jumping in place because that's faster than skating. But it's basically impossible to beat the other character until like near the end of the the race where you have to take so i actually i I wanted to talk about this exact mission because you basically unlock two characters um at the same time combo and cube and you do their challenges one after another now the first challenge you do this challenge where you grind a rail then you do this really long jump to another rail and then you jump up onto this ledge and you tag the ledge now that's easy enough. It took me like a couple of goes, but you know, that's cool. Now the second part, the second challenge takes place in the same area and it ends in that spot where you did the first challenge. So the way I took this was that the game was teaching me how to beat the second challenge by doing this trick. And I spent like close to 40 minutes trying to do this until I realized that the actual way to beat this mission was to go a completely different, you know, path that didn't even take me to this part, um, which was a lot faster. So, and this wasn't the only spot in the game where I felt like the game was teaching me, like setting me up for failure. Like I spent so long trying to make that work because I thought the game was teaching me to do that and it didn't work. I didn't think that at all. I thought all of those um, training bits were literally just that own separate mini game. It's it's interesting that you thought that that was an instruction on what to do on a different mission because I didn't get that impression. Okay, yeah, it seemed like that to me because it was like immediately after that bit and it was in the same spot. I felt like a lot of those training bits were teaching you how to do like more interesting parts of the levels. I thought that more more about teaching a concept than yeah. teaching something specific. I guess is is where is where I would come in. Yeah. Um. Another spot where I felt the game did this to me was in Kaganecho, which is like you start low near the water and you kind of move your way up through the town. Um. And there's also that connecting bit to the sewer. Um. The first time the sewer door opened, I almost did a whole level without being able to find that door because the way the level is structured is that you'll spawn near the bottom and then there's a set of stairs that goes up and then there's like two to three tiers of town that you go up through um, and then at the very top you can see these like these doors that are opening across a jump um, and through those doors you can see these rooftops that have all these like red arrows where you need to spray um when i saw that i was like okay this this is a level about going upwards so i went up there and then i spent like 40 minutes trying to jump through those doors like trying to figure out how to get on these power lines and then i was like fuck this looked it up what you actually need to do is right at the start of the level, instead of going up those stairs, you walk forward a bunch and then there's like a door that goes down into the sewers and then that like loops back up to the, like some different way to the, you know, like I thought that the level design was like going upwards and that it would want, I don't know, I felt like a lot of the times I got confused by the game uh, and got did, stuck did in a rut. Did you use your map? Yeah, I did. The, the map showed me that a cross was those doors. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, I um, I must have just been very lucky because that level I was pretty. I I went into the sewers and I found that that loop pretty efficiently. Um, the only time I got really confused was that one where you start up on the top of the rooftops and you need to turn around from your starting location and kind of go down towards the dump. Uh, that one confused me very badly for a while, um, but. But mostly, I, I, this idea of the game setting you up to fail is one that I didn't really experience to the same degree that you did. Yeah, that's fine. I It kind of annoyed me that all the connective bits between the levels were like these narrow doors. Like, I feel like the level design should have very obvious signposting for where the doors go. Yeah, the map the map doesn't clearly spell it out either as well. It's it, The map keeps changing its layers. Every time you open the map, depending on what section of the map you're in, you'll get a local map. But unless you're in one of the long connecting bits, like a railway or a sewer tunnel, you won't get the overall map, which has all of your graffiti locations. So it could be very ambiguous. Um, and certainly I was very confused a lot of the time until I understood how all these different map pieces connected together. Again, this is something that isn't a problem when you've played the game before. Um, like... I don't know. The first time I played through the game, I was hating it, basically. And then on the second half playthrough I did, I was having fun. And I think that's really bad, to be honest. Like, I don't think... Stockholm Syndrome. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, once I was able to, like, you know, string grinds together and then do, like, wall runs into more grinds, it felt very fluid and smooth, and this was, like, what I wanted from the game to begin with. Like, maybe I just suck at this kind of game, and, you know, most people jump into it easier than I did, but... Well, I want to talk to you a bit about how the game evolves over time, because one of the things that happens that we've alluded to is that the levels start off with you will be on one subsection of the level and that'll be the entire level. But when you start getting to chapter two and then chapter three, these levels start slamming all these different level bits together and your time limit goes up to a thousand seconds and your graffiti tag locations will be spread out across the entire map. And by the time I started having to do these big, large scale levels, I started to get a little sick of the game. Uh, I think that one of the things that makes Tony Hawk's such a joy to play is the two-minute time limit. It's like, here's two minutes, here are your objectives, do as many of them as you can. Then you cross objectives off a list and event you go again for another two minutes. There was one level downhill jam where it took me, I don't know, 30 to 40 tries to get one tape. But it was very much, you know, play for 30 or 40 seconds, fail, start over. Jet Set Radio, the levels are so long that it starts to become exhausting just getting through these levels, getting to all the locations. You have to keep pausing to open your map to find where the graffiti are. You have to keep stopping to reorientate yourself. And all the while, that big timer is sticking down. And if you miss one graffiti location in your 15 minutes, you've got to start the whole level again from scratch. Now, mind you... It never, it never took me more than two tries to beat a level because once you know where everything is, it's pretty easy to come up with a strategy to sail through it. But I think that there's a bit of repetition and a bit of exhaustion as you start getting to the latter stages of this game. 
I think that if these levels were tighter and it asked less of you, then it would have been a more more enjoyable experience. Yeah, again, like the first time I did a lot of levels, it took me like fifth, maybe two tries and like 15 minutes each. But then like, because there's only three, there's like four or five levels, but three major ones. Um, like once you know the layouts, you can get through them really quick. Um, so again, like if you know the game, it's not that bad. Like I, I, like I felt like the first time I got to a new level was always the least fun because, like, you don't know where you're going. Some of them have pretty. You don't know where the paint. You don't is know where the paint much. is. Some of them have confusing layouts, and there's a time limit, which makes it stressful. Like you're worried, and then always, like when I failed the mission and I did it again, I always felt a lot better about the level because I knew where I was going this time instead of wandering blindly. When there's no time limit, it's kind of more relaxed and more fun to explore the levels. When there's a time limit, you're kind of freaking out and worried that you're not going to make it in time the whole time, like, and getting anxious. You're getting more frustrated when it feels janky control-wise, yeah. right? Like, you're like, fucking piece of shit, I've only got a minute and 20 seconds. Yeah, and then there's levels that, like, really punish you for not being good at them. Like, there's this one level, I think it's called Grind Square, where the majority of the level takes place, like, four, six stories up above the ground. Um, so you start on the floor, and then there are these like these like window cleaning elevators you jump on. They raise you up, and then there's a whole heap of you know a big web of grind rails uh, floating above the streets that you have to trick around on. And because I sucked, I would always fall off these grind rails and then need to spend like 20, 30 seconds getting back up there. Um, and then you know reap trying to do a jump that I would keep missing because the you know the the hitbox for the grinding was really tight and unsatisfying. So yeah, that that was the level that made me most feel like it was a shitty platformer because a lot of what I was doing was uh, not trying to use the grind rails. I was just trying to do regular jumps because they were more reliable. So it was a lot of like stopping, reorientating finding the angle to you know use the speed boost and then going for the jump to crash on my face but crash on the face my face on the mid-tier thing next to a graffiti platform i'm like yes i did it and it was terrible (laughs) i listen james big picture wise i do agree with you that once you've mastered the movement once you know where everything is that this would be a much more enjoyable experience i can because it's not that moving around is intrinsically unfun because because it is fun it's fun doing a grind into a wall kick launching yourself onto another rail like that that's a fun thing to do i just think that the 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 expected knowledge level to make these things fun the, the necessary experience level of how these maps are laid out and where all the spray paint is is too high and i think that the game should be fun movement wise without having a path memorized through the level so i think yes this this is totally a speedrunner's delight like don't get me wrong but is it enjoyable for a regular human being, I'm far less sure about that. Yeah, it's just, it reminds me of our Pikmin episode. I felt the same way about that game. Like, it's way more fun on repeat playthroughs than your first time. Um, yeah, Pikmin has so much better fundamentals, though. kind of really disagree on what you just said, because to me, like, the wall running and jumping and tricking and grinding at a baseline is more fun than ordering Pikmin around. <laughs> 
to be honest. Sure, I, I'm just saying that the opportunities to do that to do that are actually quite limited. Yeah. Uh, so so let me let me let me talk about my favorite part of the game, and that's the bit where you have to repeat the tricks that the, when you're trying to get new characters, the the copycat ones. Best part of the game by far. And my only disappointed is that it never escalated into something far more complicated because this is the part of the game that I think has the most potential to be awesome fun. So so the premise is simple. Um, a person does a trick. It's a copycat thing. So they'll, you know, grind, jump, grind, jump and land on, you know, a raised platform. Then you have to copy them exactly. Unfortunately... About halfway through the game, you get the hardest one. And then after that point, they're laughably easy. And if these had built into like a sequence of 15 tricks that you had to do, execute perfectly, I would have loved them to pieces. Like that, that is cool because you get to do all of the movement stuff in a specific way um, and moving at a fast speed the entire time. I agree. This was also my favorite part of the game because. You know, the tricks were fun to do. They often taught you interesting parts of the level that I didn't know about. Like, one of the ones right at the start teaches you this wall ride that, like, cuts out, like, a minute of skating or something. Um, it's really cool. Um, although, funnily enough, like, this part of the game is, like, the opposite to the rest, where it's actually a lot less fun on your second time around, I think, because you've already done them all before. Well, they're not hard enough, right? Like they're they're just they're just too simple. I just wish they they'd escalated this part of the game because this is the most fun part of the game. And I get that once you've memorized the course and you get to build your own speed run path through the level, that that can also be fun. But there's no middle ground here. Like I I want to I want the game to say all right, execute this specific set of tricks, moving fast the whole time but that that just never was realized for me yeah it's funny i i don't think that i think you could fix this game like if you if if yes. somebody took a knife to this game and readjusted a lot of things i think they could make it very fun i don't think that the idea of this game is flawed i think the idea is very good in fact i think that lots of the broad strokes design is really cool like i like the like having these three big interconnected levels that you learn more and more as you play the game. I like the theming, the aesthetics. I like some of the mission types. I like unlocking a whole bunch of different crazy looking characters. Um, I like, you know, copying what they do and like the movement as like as an idea. I love the movement. It just in practice, there's a lot of problems that I think really bring the experience down from what it potentially could be. James, it sounds like we're ready for final impressions, unless there's anything else you want to add. I don't think we can only have one music break, Patrick. I okay, think sure. We need to show a second song because the soundtrack is excellent. Um, and I chose one that contrasted to yours a bit um, because you picked mm. um, the Jurassic 5 track. So I wanted to pick something a bit with more high tempo, I guess, um, because, you know, there, there's a there's a big variety here and I wanted to share that. So... The song I picked was called Super Brothers, uh, which is one of the one of the Japanese tracks, um, which you will be able to figure out very, very quickly. quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this and uh, you realize, James, it's of course about Mario Brothers. Shut the fuck up. 
It is. <laughs> listen, listen to the lyrics. Listen to the is lyrics. Is it really? Yeah. Listen. Trust me. Listen to the lyrics, and you'll see. All right. This is Super Brothers. <laughs> Okay, take your point, Patrick. That is definitely about Mario. What yeah, but it's it's a very uh, it's a very <laughs> hidden take on Mario. So I don't blame you for missing it. I only noticed it when I um noticed a comment on the YouTube one the, video. One of the lyrics is "He like mushrooms," <laughs> like, and it says, "Come go the rescue peach." As I said, very obviously a Japanese <laughs> version of uh of uh of English. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely Mario Brothers. <laughs> Okay, well, we took this music break when we probably didn't have to, just to share that with you guys, but it is time for final impressions. Patrick, how did you feel about Jet Set Radio? Uh, So, I cannot recommend Jet Set Radio. This game is the ultimate example of style over substance, and it's the ultimate example of ideas uh, not being executed well. Um, there's a lot here on paper that is fantastic. I, I think that um, rollerblading instead of skating can be a lot of fun. I think graffiti tagging as a gameplay mechanic is a lot of fun. I think the idea that the police exists as obstacles to correctly executing these things is fun. But unfortunately, the reality of the experience is just so much worse. Um, the camera's awful. There's a lack of a grind button. Um, jumping feels bad a lot of the time. The half pipes are fucking awful. Um, the way these enemy forces are and the way you interact with them is so uninteresting and dull and basically boils down to damage boosting through them and just mostly ignoring them. Um, there's no real sense of speed and momentum as you're going through these levels. There's just so much stopping and starting, whether it's stopping to align for a particular jump or opening up your map to see where the next thing to graffiti tag is. It isn't fun. I mean... You can say all you like about the fantastic soundtrack, about the wonderful aesthetics, about the great vibes it has, and they are all there, but at the core of it, the gameplay of this game is not a lot of fun. I do agree with James's point that this is a fine speedrunning game. If it's a game you want to play a lot, um, you can learn the intricacies of the controls, 
and basically get around all that awkwardness. But for people who want to try this game for the first time to see what all the fuss is about, you're going to be disappointed. I am interested to see what the sequel promises, to see if it fixes any of these issues, because there is a good game hidden in here somewhere, but um, Jet Set Radio is not a good game as is, and I can't recommend it. So for me, I'm quite conflicted on this because the majority of my initial playthrough was not fun at all. However, when I started playing the game again, I was having quite a bit of fun because I'd gotten better at it, and when I think about playing more of Jet Set Radio, I don't have a problem with that. I think I would play this game again in the future probably because it was way more fun for me the second like half time around than the first one. The problem is I can't recommend this game to people who just want to play the game once and done like at all. Um, and I, I think it comes down to how much you like the aesthetic and the music. I think that if you're the kind of person that really, really loves the aesthetic and the music and what is willing to play the game through a couple of times, then I think that this would be the game for you. Um, but I think for most people, that's not going to be the case. Like, I reckon basically everybody who played this game as a kid loves this game because they played through it a bunch of times because it was one of the three games they owned, which is fair enough. Like, I completely understand. Like, I'm having fun with the game now when I'm playing it. So I think there is merit to this game. But I think on paper, this game is way better than it is in practice. And there's a lot of issues with it that I think are going to get in the way, you know, of people playing it for the first time. So if you can get over that, and if you can play the game multiple times, and if you love the music and the aesthetic, um, then definitely go for it, because there is some fun to be had here. It runs great on modern systems. It upscales great. It's not very expensive on sale. So if all of those conditions met for you, then I can recommend Jet Set Radio. But otherwise, I would give this a pass. And if you're on the if you're on the fence, um, I'd probably avoid it. Like you have to be really, really into the good things in order to you know get past some of the issues that this game has. You know, it's funny, James. I realized that we didn't even mention the story of this game, um, and I think that that was the <laughs> right thing to do because the story is complete nonsense to the point where. I just started skipping the cutscenes. Maybe that's not, not good of me as a video game reviewer. Maybe I should be watching them, but I was like, I do not have time for this garbage. Yeah, it's complete nonsense, but it was like on theme nonsense, so I yeah, sure. thought it was okay. Um, <laughs> I, you know, nobody cares about the plot of this game. They care about, like, the theming and that kind of thing, which I think it pulls off. It felt unnecessary to me. Like, I was like, why is this even here? Just... Just have the police try to kill me. That's that's good enough reason. Yeah, I kind of felt the same. It was a bit a bit silly and out there. I didn't really enjoy it either. Um, but it didn't like. I didn't feel the game was worse because of its inclusion. I agree with that, particularly since I skipped the story. So <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Patrick's integrity. <laughs> Patrick's integrity is a reviewer. It's fine. At, at least I'm listening to the soundtrack now. You got to give me that at least. Oh, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, that's about a wrap.
yeah that that's it thank you everyone so much for listening to us talk about jet set radio um james and i make up the retrospectors podcast each and every fortnight we play these classic games in the past to determine if they've truly stood the test of time you can find all of our content on our website which is rspodcast.net it's got links to all of our social media Um, we're available on any podcast providers but our rss feed is there just in case you need to manually add it in um, most importantly, we would love if you drop by and join our Discord server. Our Discord server is where we do most of our interacting with our community, uh, where we love to hear feedback about our reviews uh, and also take suggestions for new games. So if you've got any uh, suggestions or criticism um, or you know just want to talk about old games or new, please drop by our Discord server. We'll have a link on the website in, in our show notes. Okay, James, so um, because you picked Jet Set Radio last fortnight, it's my turn. And the game that I have selected is a game called Emperor Rise of the Middle Kingdom. Um, I had to look up the name of this game because every time I went to say it, I just would say it's the Chinese version of Pharaoh or Zeus. So (laughs) there's a series of city builder games that started with Caesar uh, back in the early 90s uh and then you had pharaoh and zeus which are all kind of similar uh built on similar premises just with different themings and skins where you have to uh build up a city um more build up a town by gradually increasing people's access to food and religion and luxury resources over time and i have played caesar pharaoh and zeus as a small child and didn't get very far Emperor Rise in the Middle Kingdom is the newest and slickest of the bunch, and it's the only one of the four that I haven't played. And we haven't done any city builders, so I thought it would be interesting to finally dive into one. I like city builders. We haven't done one for the show yet, but I, you know, I've dabbled in them occasionally. I liked City Skylines a bit when it came out, and I, I think I owned like SimCity 2000, like on a burned DVD when I was a kid that dad brought back from his work. Um, I always liked the that feeling of like trying to put out fires when there's like 10 fires, and when you put out two, three more pop up. It always kind of felt like that was city management, um, and I f- find that kind of engaging. <laughs> If um if Rise of the Middle Kingdom is anything like the others, if you do not have fire stations and you do not have multiple fire stations, you are going to be putting out literally multiple yeah. fires at once. <laughs> this game, it's got a lot. It's a lot more small scale than anything like City Skylines or um or Sim City, or at least I'm assuming so. If if it's anything like the other games, it's very much about kind of like micromanaging precise placement of your you know of your shrines to maximize their you know their aoe radius in your town and about you know create making sure the posh parts of town aren't near the shanty parts of town because those shanty parts of town will stop the posh parts of town upgrading things like that i'm looking forward to failing spectacularly um, (laughs) and making like the most non-functional city imaginable uh, that's going to happen a few times, but you, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, um, I think with my adult sensibilities, I'm going to have a bit more success than I did when I tried to tackle these as kids. Yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to just booting up a game and trying to make the worst possible city. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll soon find out. All right, I, I think that's about it. Um, one final shout out: uh, we'll be appearing on the Retro Asylum podcast 
shortly to talk about Fallout 2. So go ahead and subscribe to them. We'll put a link to the Retro Asylum in our show notes. Um, We covered Fallout 1 with Chris and we'll be appearing on his show to cover Fallout 2. So it should be a lot of fun. That should be going up sometime in the next couple of weeks. Alrighty, um, that about does it. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and we'll see you in a fortnight. See you then. See you then.